دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی Hello, welcome back to New Global Podcast. My name is Ariala Verdi. Today I'm joined by San Solari and Peshman Pars. Guys, how are you both doing? Just hustling. Just fine. How are you? Good. Thank you, Arya. Happy to be back. So, as you know, today's podcast is going to be about the Iran vs. Syria game at Ozadi Stadium. Uh, the match ended 3-0 to Iran. Before we start the podcast, though, I want to thank everyone who's been supporting us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, as well as everyone who's been supporting us on various um, other platforms like PersianFootball.com, Iran Sports Press, on Reddit as well. So I really appreciate it. We've, we've really been able to kick on in 2021 and, and we're going to bring you more interviews very soon. So stay tuned on that. But Today's podcast, of course, as I said, is on the Iran versus Syria friendly match. The goals that were uh, scored by Kanani Ozmoun and Kaneman Sarifard. So, I mean, essentially what I want to speak about firstly is about the lineup itself. The lineup was we played a 4-3-1-2 formation, diamond midfield. Arias Abenovan was in goals. I think he's not been in goals for a long time. I think the last game he played was against Iraq. So it's been a little while for him. The back four, uh, right back was Jafar Salmoni, his first game for the national team. Khalid Zadeh and Kanoni at the centre back, and the left back was Mirad Mohammadi. Three in midfield were Nurlahi, Haisafi, and Amiri. And Khalid Zadeh was supporting the strike partnership of Osman and Taremi. So, Pejman, I want to ask you first when you saw that lineup. I know initially we posted the wrong lineup. I do apologise for that. That was what was on social media. Got a little bit too excited. But uh, yeah, it was that one. So what did you think about it, page one? It was almost the the best team, you could say, from that squad. I really liked the trio up front with Taremi, Kolizade and Osmoon. Like a really, really dangerous trio. Maybe one of the best in Asia at the moment, I do believe. Interesting to see... Khalil Zadeh and Kanani back together. They had a great spell in Paris Police. I felt comfortable with those two starting. Haj Safi starting and Wahid Amiri also starting. What was kind of like, I, I was kind of surprised, wondering what the idea was from that, to be honest. And I'm sure we're going to talk to about that later. And uh, interesting with Salmoni, right? That was the least experienced guy who... We did quite decent. So all in all, it was an okay starting lineup. A couple of changes could have been made, but I'm I'm happy that the the coach started with those three up front and showed that that had attacking and goal scoring is important. And then Sahand, of course, you know you I suppose you know you 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 also wouldn't have been too surprised by it. But I think when we saw that lineup, when you had the likes of Jafar Salmoni at right back, what was your first impressions? Yeah, I mean I. I agree a lot with what Peshman said about Salmoni at right back. I thought it was also kind of unexpected 
because he's been playing left wing for Portimonense in Portugal. He played like left wing back for Sanatanaf last season, so I kind of was a little bit surprised to see him right away at right back. But at the same time, I think the alternatives were Neymati, who was like super poor against Bosnia and Uzbekistan. And uh, you could argue that he's not even like a natural right back either. And then Teak Daddy, who I don't really think is really national team material, but who got called up, obviously, in Mohad Rami's absence. So I guess it was surprising. But yeah, I thought it was a good surprise to see a young player with a European experience now trusted there, at least in a kind of backup role. Yeah. And personally, just for me, I, I really wasn't that surprised by the lineup if I'm honest with you I think Jafar Sanmoni is someone that we always in the day we would like to see play because he's playing in Europe but the rest of the team pretty much the same as he's played for a little while now especially against Uzbekistan it was basically the same lineup except I think against Uzbekistan he had Moharami and Albert Zadeh playing whereas in this game he had Sanmoni and Bayram Van starting so it was essentially the same lineup that he played against Uzbekistan and similar to the one against Bosnia different formation though but moving on the game itself what I want to speak about the game itself if I was to just very quickly sum it up you look at the players that we had on the pitch Haisafi and Amiri for me both of them are players who are now in their 30s both of them are players who are probably not natural central midfielders I mean yes you could say they, they've played there a lot in their career and in the World Cup you know Amiri was a midfielder but for me nowadays Amiri is playing up front for Paris Police you know Haisafi yes he plays in midfield for his club but for me he doesn't have the energy the engine to play in that midfield for the national team you could see today he was he was very slow to the ball, couldn't keep it at all, which was really poor from a, a player of his so-called quality. And then you have players like Ahmad Nurullahi, and you have to ask the question, is he a natural defensive midfielder? Is he the right person to come in for Saez Atolai? It's a really big question, that, because Saez Atolai, for me, like I said in the last podcast, is our best defensive midfielder. And is Ahmad the, the guy to replace him in that deep midfield role? I don't think so, personally. I would like to ask the question to you guys. What did you think of the midfield page, man? You make a valid point that if we're not having Ezatoloi, is Nuroloi the man to take his place? Maybe against Syria, maybe against Cambodia, maybe against Hong Kong. But as soon as we, we play against stronger teams, I think we need an experience, despite his age, Ezatoloi. The experience and the quality that he brings is, is far more important and uh, that's, that should be enough for Scottish to bring him into the squad. But he he didn't play bad, in my opinion. And I also agree with what you say with about Hodge Safi. He, he had a tough game, in my opinion. He, he didn't have... He probably had one of his worst games, to be honest, uh, for being against that kind of team. So, and, and uh, what's interesting here is that this is something that Kairosh started with, you know, playing players on different positions. And it seems like uh, Scotch is, is taking it to the next level. Like a lot of the players, as you mentioned, played outside where they were used to. And I don't know if it was so obvious to see or if somebody that doesn't know where they play could understand that. But I think they could at least yeah. understand the, the way Hodge Safi tried to play wasn't good enough, to be honest, efficient enough. Yeah, and Sahan, and this, I mean, I don't want to move on the game too quickly because I think we've got a lot to speak about. But I think this is for the midfield discussion itself, in the second half... 
Omid Ibrahimi came on. A player that me and you really both enjoy watching play. I think he's a very good player myself. However, when he came on, Nurullah, he got pushed on a little bit further. He went into the where basically where Hoysafi was playing. And Omid Ibrahimi came on and played as a defensive midfielder. And in my opinion, I don't know if you, if you would agree with me, Sahan, but the game seemed like it was a more in control of Iran. Yeah, I mean, just to start, I think, more generally speaking, about that personnel even before they started playing, I don't really think that that midfield has the required technical ability. I think you talked about engine, but I think physically they might all be okay and can cover ground. But just in terms of their technique and ability to bring the ball from the back or distribute play under any sort of organized pressure. I mean, we're playing a Syria team who I think they were rough and hard and they kind of pressed with some aggression, but it was nothing. I mean, we're going to experience much more coordinated presses by the Iraqis or the Bahrainis, not even talking about like a Japanese team or a South Korean team or a team in a World Cup. And that midfield doesn't really have the technique to deal with that. And uh, I think it really was throwing the rest of the team off too, especially those front three that Pejman mentioned. They really struggled to get into the game like they normally would just because the midfield was so poor. I think Pejman, you mentioned like this was one of Hodge Safi's maybe worst games, but I think he's had a lot of like terrible games in recent times. I mean, just really terrible. I mean, he was terrible against Bosnia. He was subbed early. He was terrible against Uzbekistan. And I think, I mean, he keeps getting chances and keeps getting chances. And I'm not really sure anymore on what merit he's getting those chances. Because in all of these games, if you go back and watch them, he is like almost always one of the worst players. I mean, just his ability to like dictate tempo is very low he can't really dribble past people his distribution is weak so i'm not really sure what he's adding and why he keeps getting you know i mean he he just had like multiple bad games in a row for team italy i don't know why we need to play him again and then just on the point about nurullahi i i agree with you that i don't really think he's a natural defensive mid i think his best qualities are actually something we saw sort of even against iraq in the game we lost so he can get forward he has a good shot you know he has a good engine but as a sole defensive mid i think that his distribution is also weak and we saw that like i mean how many balls did he try to play over the top today that just to the strikers that were just so easy to read and so easy to pick off and totally you know ruined our um, yeah. patterns of play and flow for me it doesn't work it's as simple as that Amiri, Hoysafi and Nurullahi don't work as a three in my opinion anyway I don't think they have the the right combination of footballing ability to say that they need to play together for me it doesn't work on top of that on top of everything that we just said on the three players the two wing backs that are, or the two full backs but they were essentially playing as wing backs so there's quite a narrow formation so you want them to get forward so Mirad Mohammadi and Jafar Salmoni Jafar Salmoni is left footed he played as a, a right back today. For me, now I don't know if you guys would agree with me. This is just me from my experience watching football, as is an AC Milan fan as well. AC Milan used to play with a, a, a similar formation back in the day. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying Iran or AC Milan. You know, I'm, what I'm trying to say is when you look at the, that formation, the formation is built around the fullbacks creating the width all the time, getting forward, getting wide, getting crosses in. You know, really putting the pressure on from the wide areas. High Safi wasn't going to get, give you the, any width. Neither was Vaidam really, because he also left footed. The width was, was supposed to be provided from Jafar and Milad. Was it? 
It wasn't. Milad Mohamedi was just getting forward and doing nothing. He wasn't really... I don't think he was playing that well. I actually thought Jalali did really well when he came on. I will fight Jalali. But I don't know if Jafar Salmoni... I don't know what Scottish was thinking. Personally, you know, you could have just easily played take take the Arion Nemati at right back. Personally, I, I would have been okay with it. But to to play Salmoni on his debut for the national team at right back, when he's not even necessarily a left back, to put him at right back, in a formation that requires fullbacks to get forward, for me, it's like, come on, man. What is this? You had Daniel Esmaili who didn't get called up. You had Saleh Hadani, who's a very good right back, didn't get called up. Ramin Rezaion, Pejman, you love him. He didn't get called up. Why? Why not? My boy. Like, why not? Like, just why not? I don't understand it. I mean, yes, you can say he has issues with Ramin Rezaion, but it's stupid, man. It's ridiculous. You have to get I mean, a new I right think back. I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, based on the squad he did call up, I mean, Nemati played for Team Medley in the previous games, and he was like, he is supposedly a natural or not a natural right back, but at least he's been playing right back quite often for Paris Police. And uh, he was very weak there. Um, I mean, Teak Daddy, I, based on the personnel he had available, it wasn't the, I mean, worst option. Uh, and I think Salmoni didn't play badly. I mean, he, I don't remember Syria yeah. actually having any attacks from that side. I thought in possession, he was actually one of our better players. He was. He was. But yeah, I mean, I think that formation in general, like you say, it, it definitely requires somebody like, Mohai Rami um, to provide the like dribbling ability and uh, offensive input, but in general, I I'm not even sure if he's gonna stick with the that formation when everyone's available moving yeah. forward. Uh, moving on to the next part of the field, I want to speak about is Beron Vand. He played his first game. Last game was against Iraq, as I said before. Pejman, I want to come to you first. He made a f- fantastic save in that first half that kept us in the game. What was your impression of his performance? That was a great save. Uh, and I'm I'm uh, happy for him that he had a solid game. He almost made an assist as well. So uh, it was fun to see that. Let me say like this. I have nothing against Baron Van. I have talked about him before. And I, I still think that he, if he doesn't play anymore in Antwerp, he shouldn't be the number one in Kohli in uh, in Iran. But it's good that he at least gets some playing time because I guess that he will play in the World Cup qualifiers as well. So so hopefully getting this game is important for him and keeping a clean sheet is mentally more important for him than we might think. And having that great save can boost his confidence. And that is good and it's also an issue because sometimes when he get when he gets overconfident, when he thinks he's like some kind of Superman in in the air, that's where he makes mistakes. That's that's when he make the wrong choices that leads to a goal. Yeah. So I hope he can yeah. keep his calm. I hope he can be like the, the the professional goalkeeper that he needs to be, and not hot headed when when things go too good or even too bad. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. We saw that in the game against Rangers as well, where he kind of lost his way a little bit. But Sahan, I want to come to you with this. Do you think with the Ami Rabidzadeh, you know, come back in the squad probably for next camp, who would you start between the two of them? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, I've watched most of both of their games this season. And I mean, I think the first thing to say if we're talking about the goalkeeper situation is to just recognize that Bayron Band has probably been one of the most consistent players for Team Medley since... Uh, World Cup qualifying. I think he had a little bit of some shaky games in the 
friendlies before the World Cup, especially like, yeah, I think like the Tunisia game, he had like a weak game or Algeria. But uh, yeah, in general, I think since World Cup qualifying through those games, through the World Cup matches, through the Asian Cup matches, he saved us a lot of times. And it wasn't just like one or two saves. I mean, he had a lot of really great performances. And yeah, I agree with Tejman that so far in Antwerp, he's had, it's been like mixed, you know, he's had, I think four or five man of the match performances and then four or five terrible performances. I mean, he was excellent against Tottenham and he was horrible versus Rangers in the Europa League just to like underline, you know, that sort of inconsistency. But I think that recovering, you know, his confidence, I mean, he's in Europe. I think we saw some changes in his game. I thought he was great with his feet today. He looked really a lot better with his feet. But yeah, I think if he recovers his confidence, for me, he's still the number one. Uh, even though I really like uh, Amir Abid's other two, and I've seen a good amount of him this season too. I mean, he's been benched at times uh, as well. But I think like that save that Bayron Van made, that's a save I really don't think that Amir even has like the you know physical capability to make. And so I think Bayron Van might not be playing as much right now. And I think there's even a good chance he leaves Antwerp and maybe go somewhere else in Europe this summer. But for me, I think he's still the number one. And especially with today's performance, he really uh, solidified that. But, you know, if it is a situation where he really hasn't played in a very long time or, you know, he's he looks out of form in the training sessions or something, then I think Amir is totally ready to, you know, challenge him for that number one spot as he's been putting pressure on him all year, pretty much. Totally agree with that. I would love to see Baron Van get back into shape and, and start playing more national team games, but I love Amir Abzada as well. Okay, so moving on to the next part of the field is the two centre-backs today were Kanani and Khalil Zadeh. We thought Majid Hosseini would start the game, but unfortunately, sometimes your your dreams can't come true. <laughs> so we had two Paris Police lads, Kanani and Khalil Zadeh. San, I want to ask you just very quickly, obviously, we don't have much to say about them. They, they played the full game. We didn't consider a goal. But what did you make of the general play? I've been really impressed, actually, with Khalid Zodeh since he's come into the team medley fold um, with Skocic. I thought he was great against Bosnia and Uzbekistan. And I thought again tonight, I mean, his one-on-one defending in a bunch of like dangerous situations was very good. I thought his passing was good. Kanani scored a great header to start the game. But in general, they both look solid. Uh, I guess the only point that was maybe not as good was a little bit of Kanani's uh, passing out of the back. I mean, he decided to take it long a bunch of times. But even then, I think you can understand uh, maybe why he did that, because like the midfield was really poor. And, you know, when when those guys are checking for the ball, Hodge Safi, Amiri, Nurullahi, none of them are really stable uh, ball carriers or ball handlers. And, you know, I could see why a lot of times he they weren't in the right positions to even get the ball from him. And so he just decided to play it safe and play it long. But I think on the defensive side of the game, I think both of them were solid. There were a couple of clumsy fouls they made at the start. But I think besides that, yeah, solid. I think with Purali Ganji, uh, who is like the leader of that back line, I think uh, Khalid Zadeh is, you know, cementing himself as uh, a starter in the back four 
And then Canon is a great option to have too with Magic. Page, when I want to ask you, on Satan's point, you're seeing that Khalid Zadeh has done really well. And he has done. I would agree with it. I'm not a big fan of him personally, but I, he has done well. But I want to ask you, Page, when, you know, we have a guy, Khalid Zadeh, who's 31 years old now. He's playing in Qatari football. He wasn't part of the national team fold under Carlos Queiroz as much. Do you think he's going to make it to the next World Cup? Yeah, I think so. I think yes, coaches have trust in him. I think he's seen him in the Iran Pro League enough to, to see that he can be there. I mean, Majid Hosseini and Pur Ali Ganji, even when they're fit, they haven't always been playing in club level. They haven't always been playing in a national team. So we, we can't expect them to actually start in a potential World Cup. Then they need to get more playing time at their clubs and then it's, they need to get fit. So at this moment, I think Kanani is the number one choice for Scottish, to be honest. I don't know when Kruel Ganji will return and how good he will be. And uh, Majid Hosseini, I mean, how many 90 minutes games have he played for Trabzon this season? Like two or something like that? Oh, yeah, I'm sure you know that's better. I think about four or five, something like that. But, yeah. I mean, I agree with that point. Um, I think Pirelli Ganji has been always very consistent for Team Medley. And even his game against Bosnia, I thought he was great pretty much in all aspects. But, yeah, I agree in general that, I mean, Khalil Zadeh already mentioned, like, kind of his age and stuff. But, it, you know, I think with central defenders, they tend to mature with age. And we're seeing a lot of the tendencies in his game that were weak and the reasons why Kairos overlooked him before, he's really cleaned up in his game now. And we're seeing like a really mature center back. And I think that he's 31 now and I, you know, he's playing in Qatar and he's doing very well there. So not really a high intensity league. So I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't be, you know, ready in uh, the next two years to be contributing to Team Medley. Okay, so moving on to the front three then. Boys are there, uh, playing as number 10. Got, I think he got two assists today, actually. I think he got the assist for the corner, of course, on, Ka- on Kanoni's goal, and also the assist on Ansari Fard's goal. Uh, we'll come on to the substitutes as well in a minute, because, of course, we had six substitutes. But the front three, Pejmon, we had... And obviously, I want to talk about the goals that we scored, but when we speak about the front three... Gorizade is a guy who we know is super creative. He's able to control the game from a from a very important area of the pitch. And he has that quality. But when he has the players behind him not really supporting him properly, uh, and he has Osmond and Tarimi who he's giving chances to but aren't aren't scoring, what does he have to do? Like what a player like him, how much more does he have to do to get the team to work? You know, is it all on him? Do we have to rely on Gorizade all the time or do we have to rely on different players like do you think it's fair that all the the pressures on him well this is this would be a new problem for him because Olizade, one of my favorites he haven't been consistent in the national team not because he's in 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 his performance but consistent in actually getting some playing time so if he gets some playing time i do believe a lot of pressure will be on him in a positive way because at this moment in the World Cup qualifiers, we're supposed to beat these weaker teams, although we have two losses against them. But hey, I think it's a perfect opportunity for all these other that have been having a, a, a lovely spell at Charleroi, being one of their key players in, in the offensive kind of football they're playing. He can just adapt that and have even better players in front of him with Taremi, 
and Ozmoon, and not to forget uh, Karim Ansari Fad. So I do believe that whoever, uh, first of all, I do believe that Qolizadeh should always start for Iran because that's that's how good he is. And uh, I do believe that, I also think that he should play like the number 10 that he did today and that's on the wings because that's what he have done earlier. And he's good there as well. But I think these contributions that he can make, these great passes, the, the key passes that he can make and also have a, really good sensitive foot you know he he was he assisted the first goal with the corner so why not give, put that pressure on him we need that kind of leader in up front that can ease some of the pressure from Taremi and Osmoon getting these lovely passes from him so yeah. that trio up front is for me the most important thing that Iran have to keep yeah and Sahand of course you know you're a big fan of Sadar Osmoon he got a goal today his goal was of course off a counter-attack from Beron Van throwing it out but, um, getting onto it Taremi I think he missed a shot or it had to hit the defender and it came back to um, Osmoon and he scored the goal Beron Van تو پو میگیره یه پاس گل میسازه یه پاس گل میسازه یه پاس گل میسازه و حالا گل هم میشه تو پاس گل بیرانوند برای بچه های تیم ملی نگاه کنیم اینجا حرکتش رو بیرانوند خیلی خوب شروع کرد علا رقم مباهمت بازی کنه سوریه تو پو خوب انداخت تارمی حرکت کرد اینجا زربر زد گلر برگشت داد و در نهایت سردار تو پو به گل تبدیل کرد آزمون unclinical they were just being lazy or was it probably down to the the conditions of the match what was the reason i i think it's kind of like almost a non disc non-point to talk about them because they're both two high you know very high level players who are proving it like every week in europe now and we don't have any better forwards and i think that they their record in the national team is so good that there really isn't that much room to question uh them But I'd like to instead talk a little more about Peshman's point because I really uh, I agree with what he says about how key Kolizade is for us uh, moving forward. And since he's been getting more minutes in Team Medley, almost every game he plays very well. But I think that putting all the creative responsibility on him, while I agree it's good, we need to like you know make him hold him to a higher standard because he's capable of it. I think that just having those three uh, and having Kolisadeh as the primary creator isn't enough. I think you need another player with a strong technique who can actually get the balls to Kolisadeh so he can make the final action. And I think you saw today, a lot of times, Kolisadeh was coming a little deep, trying to get the ball, trying to start a, a move. And he would give the ball to one of the midfielders. And instead, they would, instead of maybe taking the ball somewhere else, they would give it right back to him in a dangerous spot where he really couldn't do anything, where he, there was three Syrian players, you know, on him or fouling him. And I think that that player for Team Medley is someone of Odus. And I think that, you know, he's playing central midfield now for Brentford. He's been doing quite well, building up his fitness, building up his form. And I think that actually his combination with Olizadeh to get the ball to Osmoun and Taremi is the ideal way forward that I see for um, for Team Medley. And yeah, I think that that is the combination that we should really try to incorporate more in the next squads. Yeah. I know Kodus couldn't come this time for travel reasons and stuff, but I think that one kind of example that comes to mind is, you know, the years that Arsenal a few years ago were doing better than they are now, 
they had this combination of Kazorla getting the ball to Ozil. Um, and as soon as Kazorla left, or he wasn't able to play because of injury, that really affected Ozil's ability to make those killer passes and you know shine like he had before. And I think that Kolis other for Team Meli, if he has a player like Kodus who can actually find him in the right spaces and not like Hodge Safi or Amiri or Nurullahi who are, you know, their passing is just was terrible. Then he can do even more and actually, you know, take that responsibility Pejman talked about and really, you know, make the most of it. And Osman and Tarami, I thought, yeah, they both missed chances and I thought they were sloppy in possession. But I think that that also came from how disjointed the midfield was. You know, they were very isolated up top. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree that Salman Kodus is very important to the national team. I was very surprised that he didn't start in the first uh, friendly for Scottish under, under against Uzbekistan. But we know that he is one of our most important players from a technical standpoint. And on top of what you just said, San, set pieces. You know, for example, set pieces. We had Kolizade taking the corner and on the first minute. Kanani scores. And then sometime during the game, Hodge Safi back on corners. Why have well, we done that? I mean, that's another point on the Hodge Safi kind yeah. of predicament that we're in is that this player has so much experience. You know, he's played so many times for Team Melide and he's the captain. It's very hard for a younger player to take him off a set piece or, you know, tell him like, no, like you shouldn't take this one. I mean, he took a free kick, terrible. And then he tried to like compensate for that by taking a corner, which he just kicked right to the Syrian goalkeeper, even though Kolizade had been taking great corners uh, in the game and Salman, he was still on the pitch and he's an excellent set piece taker. Uh, he's the set piece taker for his club whenever he's on the field in Portugal already after just a few months there. And so, I mean, that's just another aspect of this whole having a player that has so much experience and like notoriety, but isn't really backing it up with performance is that the younger players who might actually be superior in a lot of things don't really have room to, you know, take him off the ball in certain situations or, you know, complain to him or so whatnot. I want to just quickly ask you guys, do you have anything you want to say about the substitution that we made as well? Because we had Omid Ibrahim that came on, Abul Fazjad Ali, Kamran Sarifar to score this goal, Siamak Nemati, Sayad Manish, and Noor Afghan. Pejman, do you have anything to say about them? Just quick, Kamran Sarifar did what he does best. He, he scores those kind of goals. He's, he's like a sniper. He's really dangerous. But one thing I want to say before I forget it, sorry to, to like change subject. I believe like in the first half of the game, it was so obvious that Iran's tactics was kind of as soon as possible, try to get the ball up front to Tarimi and Osmoon and hoping that they will take care of the rest and that was maybe can work against Syria it barely worked against Syria to be honest but against stronger teams that will never work and we lost the ball so many times because of the players were too stressed and they were like as soon as possible they just wanted to, to give the ball to to whoever is up front and not thinking yeah. about uh, doing something else with the ball or trying to 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 create something that is actually that can actually lead to a dangerous attack. It was kind of frustrating to see that that was the only game plan in the first half. Bring up, it's a great point, Pejman. Great point because look at the Japan game. 
and Tommy wasn't actually playing. Now, I mean, when it comes to qualifying matches, if you get a yellow card, you get two yellow cards, you're suspended. So if Tommy gets suspended, and we've been training the whole time to get the ball to Tommy and Osmond, that's our, that's our, our tactic. That's what we want to do. That's how we score goals. Then are we just going to say now that, you know, we're going to give the ball to Ansari Fard and Osmond or Tarimi and Ansari Fard? Is that going to be a new, a new tactic? Because against Japan, when Tarimi wasn't there, Osmond on his own couldn't do anything. Simple as that. He couldn't do anything. And as far as I'm concerned, both of them together, yes, they play well, but you have to have a backup. You can't just go out there and say, these two are the best players given the ball, they'll score goals. Because that's not how a team works. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's why it's so important that you have the Kolisa there, the Koduses, you know, there to actually have some solid technical play that Peshman was saying was lacking and make some coherent attacks on a regular basis, not just, you know, lofting the ball up and hoping it, like, bounces to Osman or Tarami. I mean, right. it's, not, right. it's not sustainable, you know. My criticism of, of Skocic has been throughout the last couple of months. He's a good coach. I mean, he, he understands the game well. We can see that. We've seen that in the last three games. But for me, he's a good club coach. He's not a good national team coach. He, as far as I'm concerned, has no clue what he's doing tactically for a national team. He thinks he's dealing with club players because he's doing something that I've seen a lot from club coaches. What they do is they rotate their players in a way where they think it's okay because, you know, I'll play him the next game and he'll be able to be ready for the next game. I'll have I'll have Mohanami back. I'll have uh, Prati Ganji back. No, you might not have him back. You can't just go and play some randomer in that position because you think he's okay. You need to play the best player. How the hell are you going to tell me that Ahmad Nurullahi is our best defensive midfielder after sight? Or how are you going to tell me Jafar Sanmoni is our best right back after Muharami? The fact that he's able to even do that in a game that's preparing us for four World Cup qualifiers that we have to win is ridiculous. And I'm really disappointed that he did that. Even though it's a Syria friendly, even though this game is very easy to win and we won it 3-0 comfortable, yes. But we aren't preparing the right way. It's not how we prepare for friendlies. Moving on to the next topic, I want us to ask you guys about formations then. What would your lineup be? I think it's honestly a pretty straightforward, especially after... Uh, I mean, that's one of the good things about having friendlies, even if you play bad, is that it highlights where it's weak. And I think that it's obvious that if we're starting from the back, I think Bad now proved that for now he should still be the starter. Um, and then I think right back, Mohai Rami is obviously, I mean, if we don't have him, it seems like we're just going to be really struggling there. So he definitely has to start. I think at center back, Purali Yanji, I still think is by far our best center back. And uh, next to him, I think that Shoujo uh, Khalilzadeh will be rewarded with his good games. And I think they make a good partnership too. And then left back, we don't have anybody better than Milod, even if he has some uh, deficiencies going forward sometimes. And then I would just play, you know, a 4-2-3-1 or even a 4-3-3 with Ezzatullahi and Ebrahimi, who I think today showed that he's still by far our best central midfielder at the moment. I mean, I know he's older now, but he's still our best midfielder with Ezzatullahi from deep. And then I would play with them, Godus, who I think, as I mentioned before, needs to be there. And then up front, I would play Goliza at the right. I, I know, Peshman, you mentioned that you really like to see him in the 10 role, and I do too. But I think that 
um, he can drift around a lot and he has the freedom to do that even if he starts on the right. And I think that that allows you to work in Godus too, in central role where I think Godus needs to be now. And then I would play Osmoon in the middle and Tarami, I would starting him to the left. I mean, he played very well from the left, slightly to the left, and then joining with Osmoon. I think he can give you defensive work there. And that's where he was the best for, I mean, even in the World Cup, he was great from there um, in the Asian Cup. It seems on paper, maybe we really like the idea of having them two up top. But for me, it looks a little bit like they kind of get in each other's way sometimes in that air, in that position. Uh, and also, if you play two up top, then you have to sacrifice a player like Goudouce, which I don't think we can do, given how weak our midfield has been technically. I would agree with your lineup, to be honest. I, w- I wouldn't change that. What about you, Pejman? Uh, sure. It was decent. I'm not going to say all the 11 names, but a couple of names that I want to see. Abed Zadeh, Majid Hosseini, Purali Ganji, Ezatolai. Odus. I mean, Rezaian should should uh, should come back to the national team. Do you think he just start over Moharami? No, probably not. Okay, so we're gonna move on to some fan questions. First question comes from Kiana Zolgad. He asks, should we start a rotated team against Cambodia and Hong Kong to keep the energy levels up so that the big games we have a full a full team? Let the best players play. I think that's that's important. So they need some time with each other on the field. I don't know uh, the schedule exactly how many days are in between each game if they're all playing. I think it's 12 okay. days. Yeah. So 12 days between each or four games in 12 days? So I think games start from the 3rd of June till the 15th of, of June. Oh, so it's 12 days for four games. I think coming off a long club season for a lot of the players, I would rotate for the Cambodia game. I think that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't do like every single player rotated, but I think that... Yeah, like a player like Amiri, we mentioned, like he has some good characteristics, physical, running. I think he can play in that game for sure. I mean, even Nurula here or whatever. But Hong Kong, I feel like could actually be slightly harder game than people are thinking. I mean, we should definitely win by a lot, but I would go with a strong lineup there play the best players obviously against Bahrain and Iran. The next question we have on Twitter is from Alfie the Wolf and he asks three friendly games, three wins for Skocic considering how we played against the big against the teams we were obviously that were not in their prime. Serial obviously they didn't have Al Soma and we won the games but have you been completely convinced by them? I thought the game against uh, Bosnia was the best one. I, th- I was actually quite impressed by our tactics on that night. I thought the game against Uzbekistan, again, with this 4-3-1-2 formation, it really wasn't that great. But the players hadn't played together for a long time, same as tonight. So I think some of it can be attributed to that. But then I think tonight's performance was not at the standard required. Um, right. Yeah, I think we've been over that. I don't Page think one, are you convinced by the, the friendlies that we've played on the Skocic? I mean, we won them, right? So I think we should at least uh, bring that with us. No matter how we played, Iran, as we all said, maybe didn't have their best performance today. Still three goals and could have been three, four more. So let's see the positive in that, although it's against weaker opponents. Uh, Last question we have is from Nima on Instagram. Nima, N-I-M-Z-Z-9. He asks, why does Hoi Safi take long shots and why is he still starting? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I love that Why question. Tell, tell him to Google 
his time when he was in uh, Frankfurt, uh, yeah, like yeah. he made like a, a amazing goal. He made, he made some some nice goals. Uh, and I mean, this, yeah. problem, right? Hoysafi's problem is that, though. I've said it in previous podcasts. He just overhits everything. He just takes too much power on it. He just puts his foot right through the ball. And it just, you know, he's aiming to the moon. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we might see him at NASA at some point. Come on, like, take some power off it. You've been playing football for, like, 20 years. You know, you should know the yeah. technique of shooting, you know? At, at this moment, it kind of reminds me of, like, Adidas last two, three years in a national team where he, he was just a burden. It felt like Iran played exactly. 10 men. Exactly. I think, I mean, I, he does have, he has scored nice goals, multiple, but I think that it just ties back into this whole idea of like seniority on Team Medley. I mean, you wouldn't see a player like, I mean, you wouldn't see basically any player shooting like that on a consistent basis when he has so many other better options you know, for a pass, unless they're a player of, like, Hodgsefi's stature, who nobody can really say anything to him, and he keeps taking these, like, ridiculous shots that for a lot of years now haven't resulted in goals, but I think that's the main thing. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. The next games for the national team, 3rd of June against Hong Kong, 7th of June against Bahrain, 11th of June against Cambodia, and 15th of June against Iraq. So what we'll do is, for the national team matches from now on, as you saw, we had an article put out from one of our writers. We'll do articles for the matches. We'll also try to do some of the Instagram lives that we did before the match as well. So if you are following us on Instagram, make sure you, you stay tuned for that because we will try and bring on special guests before the matches as well as, of course, our own podcasts. Also, if you are interested, we are going to try and bring on guests for the podcast during the qualifiers. So, for example, Asian Cup podcast, we had people come on and they were able to give their opinion. So if you want to come on the podcast, just let us know. Also, stay tuned for some more content coming soon. We've got a transcript for Alayar Sayad Manager's interview in English. We have a new interview with Navid Nasseri coming on to all platforms very, very soon. As well as Prali Ganji's interview with Radio Offside to be transcribed on our website. We will be back very soon with more interviews. So subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you very, very soon. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Thank you, Arya. Thanks, guys. Have a nice day. Cheers. See you next time. Hi, it's Dr. Craig Duncan, and you're listening to the Gold Bazaar Podcast.